Hey, 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 listeners, Irenia here. Today, I'm super excited because I have Saskia here in conversation with me. We are going to talk about everything digital, digitalization, what does it mean, how does it impact companies, how can companies prepare, as well as all that jazz in our lives that get us excited. I just want to remind you, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, head on over to Apple, subscribe, and as well, if this episode impacts you in any way, send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter. The handle is at Live with Irenia. Now, let's get this party started. You are simply going to enjoy this conversation. Woo! Welcome, superstars. Thank you so much for tuning in to this style. You're listening to Art Live with Irenia. I'm very excited to bring you this week's episode. I'm your host, Irenia Roussel. Today, I'm in conversation with the fabulous Saskia Lisler. Welcome, Saskia. Hello, Irenia. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I am super excited because you are all the way in Germany and I haven't had any guests yet from Germany. So you're my first. <laughs> it's a first. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> to you, my listeners, welcome back. And to those of you who are listening for the first time, hang on to your seats, get comfortable, take some notes while you're listening to this episode because Saskia has some great nuggets to share with us today. Saskia is a consultant. She's also an expert speaker on digitization. And we all know that digitization is big right now, especially during this economic downturn and health crisis that we're facing. And that's why I felt it was very timely to get her perspective on this topic. In her professional career, she has always and intuitively tried to ease her day-to-day business by using the digital sphere as a sparing partner and influence her colleagues to do the same by using her way of explaining digital things accessible and without many buzzwords. Today, she helps companies to draw to their full digital potential to create a better product, service, and or working environment. She also acts as an activist on diversity and equality in the digitization space and helps underrepresented groups to gain a voice in the process of creating a new future. Isn't that right, Saskia? That is completely right. I love how you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So let's give um, our listeners a little bit about your backstory. We could start with the early days. Um, I did many different things in my life. I worked in a hotel, I worked in an event agency, a theater, um, but mostly I did sales there. And a big part of sales, however, is finding out how you're performing. So I got an Excel sheet every uh, other day and I needed to, to transform it into a way that you can see the information you really need. 
but that's a repetitive thing you have to do over and over with the same numbers. And I, at one point I was thinking like, okay, this has to be any more easier. Can't be that I have to do that every day and the computer can't help me because everybody says you, your computer can help you and make it easier. Um, so I got into that and I was like, okay, how can I make this easier? How can I um, facilitate that? Um, and there's a thing called VBA, which is kind of, you can, you can program your own thing in Excel so that it does the repetitive work for you. Nice. And that was actually my first uh, coding lesson I taught myself, kind of. And it kind of got me down in my, to my personal rabbit hole of the digitalization because then I started learning the basics of coding and eventually started studying business informatics. Oh, nice. And um, then one day, a now client, but then a friend of a friend, reached out to me and said, like, he, I need someone who has experience in project management and IT because they wanted to expand and they need to put some sense in a scalable structure. Um, but they only work with freelancers back then. So it couldn't be too complicated with everything. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, that's a challenge I can take. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, so that's, yeah. And uh, that became my first freelance job as a consultant on IT project management back then. And um, over that's time, my focus shifted because I saw the need for people to understand what digitalization really is, that it's not just about the solution, but also about like basic values you have there. So um, that's when I ended up being what I am today, the consultant for companies to show them how digitalization can become a facilitator for them. Um, because I believe that the digitalization has a big impact on equality, on diversity and on democracy. And so I want to have so I want to help underrepresented groups and show them their efforts to, to be seen and heard. And so I became an activist, especially in that field, um, focusing on women in the digital sphere and also helping out other underrepresented groups. Wow, Saskia, there's so much in there that I need to break down. First, congratulations for identifying a need. Um, you know, in your sales role, and you quickly stepped up, you know, formatted that Excel sheet, had your third coding, you know, act, your first coding activity, and voila, this got you into bioinformatics. I love how the simplicity of that, and I'm sure it took a lot of hard work getting into bioinformatics and also studying that, right? And I love the opportune time when someone stepped in and said, you know, Saskia, I have this opportunity. Are you interested? And you said, yes, you did not hesitate. You jumped in. And I think that is so important, you know, when we get opportunities that aligns with our interests. Yeah, yeah, truly. I'm really blessed and I'm, I, I know how lucky I was in that situation. But still, again, like you also need to take your chances, right? And so um, looking back on it, um, probably one of the best decisions I ever made to just say yes. <laughs> that's excellent. And listeners, that's how it's done. That's how you get into freelance work, right? Right. Right. So you, you, you talked about, you know, your pivot from sales to bioinformatics, and now you're working in the digitization space. 
you know, tell me about what's firing you up right now in this space. What's, what's getting you excited? I think on the one hand, all the possibilities we have at hand, like the digitalization offers us so much chance to, to evolve as human beings in so many directions. That is on the one hand, of course, the what can we do? What can we achieve? But on the other hand, also, how can we work together? How can we as humans come closer together? And also how can we as humans kind of define what it really means to be human? Like, because we have to um, look at what can the machines do and what can we as humans do. And so if we take that, we can concentrate more on our human possibilities and our human knowledge, like um, take creativity, for example. Yeah. Um, a computer will for quite some time not be as intelligent as a human brain can be. Yeah? A computer can do repetitive stuff and can look for patterns and follow that patterns but make the decision to go another way, although it doesn't seem quite logical, and create something new out of it. Create something new of something a computer would see as a, as a mistake. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. And that's where, where we can, can also shape ourselves, our understanding of being human. So when you talk about the human element, you know, how does yeah. digitization relate to mindset, values, and leadership in the eyes of individuals? When we talk about digitization and digitalization, what we mostly do is set it equal to technology. Like if we talk about digitalization, we always only see the technical aspect of it, but there's much more to it. Um, the digitalization makes the world more volatile, more uncertain, more ambiguous. And we have to react to that. Yeah, we have to see how can we as humans work with that what's given, right? Um, and that also means that we as humans need to see our values, need to reshape our values. And... Um, that's kind of the driver of the whole thing. Technology is a point, yes, but it's more an enabler. The driver is how we as humans use the digitalization. And when you break that down, it mostly comes down to that people use the digitalization as something that connects people. Especially if you look for companies who are very successful when it comes to digitalization. We talk mostly about Google, we talk about Facebook, LinkedIn, all these big companies who, who do great in digital fields, but yeah. what they do is they uh, connect people. Um, Facebook, of course, the obvious example, connecting people to people, but Amazon, for example, uh, connecting buyers to vendors, um, Google, connecting people who emit information to the people who search for information. So it's always about this connection part. And that is the thing that really drives the digitalization. I feel, you know, with this topic, we need to make some distinctions, right? There's some buzzwords out there. Um, digitization and then digitalization and digital transformation. Can you break those down so that our listeners can understand the different concepts? Yeah. 
Um, so when I talk about it, so no, let me start another way. Um, if we talk about these three words, mostly it's a individual definition of what that really means for each person. Um, I, for myself, um, define the three words as follows. So digitalization for me is only the process of taking an analog value, for example, take a vinyl, Mm -hmm. uh, and we transform that into a digital value. So we have the MP3 data at the end, for example, that we can put on our iPad or iPhone and then listen to it. Yes. The second step, if you will, is the digital transformation because that is taking these digital values we created and put them somewhere in our process, right? But that is not necessarily making our business model, for example, digital or putting it up, but it's just taking some values, some digital values or some digital products like the internet, for example, mm -hmm. and including it into our processes. But the main way how we get in touch with our customers or how they buy, how they receive their products, whatever, is still analog. So what these companies do is they create new ways to generate value and revenue. Um, they use the technologies to create the new ways. And that's where the digitalization really can become an advantage to the, to the companies. That's excellent. Thank you for that um, definition of you know, the three concepts. So when we're looking at the future of work, you know, for companies, traditional companies who are looking at digitization, digitalization, digital transformation, which essentially is required right now specifically for, you know, global trade, um, because things have changed significantly because of pandemic times. You know, how do you see the future of work shaping up? And what yeah. advice do you have for companies who are trying to, you know, basically pivot their traditional businesses to incorporate technologies in order to operate more efficiently? I think what these companies who want to use the digitalization to advance is that the digitalization, as I just said, is a shift in values and not in technology or in tool set. Um, the world gets faster, better informed, information is available everywhere at any time and without a loss of quality. Um, but there's also more information available, available that can be processed. So you need to answer yourself the question, how do you deal with that, with the feeling that you have so much information at hand. Do you try to collect all the information, which, spoiler, I would not suggest, <laughs> or do you find a way to live with that feeling of uncertainty that your decision can be wrong because of the information you were not conscious existed? And especially for leaders, this puts you in front of several problems because your role as the decision maker kind of changes. It's impossible to have all the information in front of you so how do you deal with the fact that you do not know or do not know everything? And how do you deal with your employees maybe really knowing better? Um, that is also a change that is happening. 
we are kind of losing the hierarchical structure, structures. And if we don't lose them, you will see how this will put companies on the lower end of the food chain. Um, how do you deal with the fact that knowledge is available everywhere so everyone can use it if they're only eager enough to learn? There's never been a better time for people who can motivate themselves to learn. And um, you have also to deal with the fact that the VUCA world, so a world that is very volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous, um, also not only changes how the business world operates, but also how people operate. And that is if I have the possibility to work from anywhere because the technology allows it, why shouldn't I take the chance? Why should I go on a long commute to get into an office? And um, these values also change the mind of the people. And that for you as leader also means if you want to navigate your talents, you have to deal with these changed values. So if you really want to include the digitalization in your future workplace, you need to be aware that mindset and values are everything. Don't care so much about the technologies, go for the mindset, go for the values, then you're pretty much, well, I wouldn't say safe because like in this VUCA world, safe is a difficult concept, I'd say, but um, if you're eager enough and open enough to do so, you're on the right track. That is um, very good information. And for companies to nurture leaders to champion digitization, what are three things they can do? I think the first thing I would, or how I would react to that is do not nurture them, teach them how to nurture themselves. Lifelong learning, curiousness, all this is key in this world. You need to um, be open to that. You need to be able to deal with that fact that it's always kind of uncertain, that, it's, that you need to catch the fact, oh, does that look curious? Can I deal with that? Do I want to deal with that? And if I don't want to, look for other people who can help you on that. All right. I, I love that, you know, when, you, when you're saying enable the leader within the organization, give them the tools to learn. And um, I find when people, you know, learn and stumble and relearn things, it sticks a whole lot more because then they can take ownership towards it, right? Right. Um, but that is also like a concept, especially leaders have to learn if you want to separate from how we did leadership until now, because right now we're, pretty much especially in corporate environments we're dealing very much with the fact the leader knows it all and the employees ask the leader how should we do that mm -hmm. um, but coming back to the thing that information is available everywhere anytime and it changes so fast and information that is valid right now can be really really old tomorrow right so you have to kind of let go of that hierarchical thinking and of the thing that you become a leader if you're the best expert on your field. Your role as a leader kind of changes from being the expert in one field and thus being promoted to be a leader to having skills to keep your team together, to, to collect information and then make the decision. Love it. That's where the collaborative team concept comes, you know, in other utilizing all the skills, 
of each individual. Exactly. You know? All right, awesome. And that's also, and that's also a point where leaders can, can shape their team. Because if they let go of the feeling that they themselves have to know everything, then they can also look for what's missing in their team. Absolutely. And when we're talking about teams, right? How do we build tight-knit teams who trust each other to be able to provide positive and negative feedback in small and large companies? Because we know now, you know, with the remote working that abruptly occurred earlier this year, um, you know, that water cooler conversation, you know, the instant connection, that face-to-face -face connection is no longer there. People have converted to Zoom calls and other virtual tools that they're using to connect with each other um, within various companies. So how do we build close-knit teams working in a remote environment? So um, the most important thing, whatever you do after that, the most important thing is the leadership team really has to get on board with that. If change isn't strongly supported and driven by the leadership team, it won't happen. Um, don't try to put it on your employees saying like, but they don't want it. If you don't drive it as a leader, it won't happen. Um, we have educated people for so long to do what they're told and not to think what they know. We can't expect them to start thinking just because you tell them so. You need to um, get, give them the security that they are allowed to think again, <laughs> just to, um, to put it. I love that, yeah. You know, um, empowering the employees is so important, right. Right. right? To building that trust, to building an open organizational culture where discussions can be had without, you know, fear of any type of repercussions. And clarity, having clarity, you know, asking questions, knowing that no question is a wrong question. It's more of seeking information and exposing information so that everyone on the team is brought up right brought along exactly. right exactly you need to create an atmosphere where everybody feels safe because only then you will get good feedback and and this good feedback actually is key because if you don't get the right feedback from from your from your employees you will go on as you were until now and it won't bring you any further. But that also means you are not using the information that is available in a right way. Because again, you as a leader alone can't know everything in this time. All right. So, But that, but that also is kind of, you, you as a leader, you really have to get comfortable with the idea of feeling uncomfortable. That, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that. You have to make yourself as a leader vulnerable. Um, I know it's not easy, especially with everything we have learned until now, everything we were taught until now. Um, but if you get rid of the idea, then you can plan everything to go right. Um, you, you will need to adjust your route a lot. And there's no one method way that works for every digital transformation. Um, so you really need to get 
comfortable in the feeling of not knowing. Um, and I know that is kind of freaking out many leaders right now. Um, but if you do so, if you make yourself vulnerable, if you let yourself, um, or if you allow yourself to feel uncomfortable, um, and if you communicate that with your team, your team will not see you any weaker, but your team, that, that also adds up to the creating a safe environment to give feedback. Now, if you're not just showing the strong leader, but also say like, okay, I don't know right now, how do we proceed? That also helps creating the atmosphere where everybody feels safe. That's great. Trust your folks. Just take the example of working remotely. We had that for quite some time. Um, how leaders say like, oh, my team's working from home. They're not doing everything, anything. How should we control them? It's actually a lot about control. But if you stop that and do not think that people who work remotely don't do anything just because you can't see them, that also, again, adds up to create the atmosphere where everybody feels safe. I'm, kind of have to come back to that every time and um, having said that change your thinking from assuming that only the ones who are in the office and at your realm achieve anything you have to look for and evaluate the performance and not the presence all um, right that's some great advice there and i think you know for this um digitization piece we've covered quite a bit so let's segue into something a bit more personal you know saskia let's have some fun what's your superpower <laughs> who um that's always a weird question because like talking about yourself as a superpower um but i'm working on that <laughs> so I think my superpower is to make sense, even of the biggest chaos. I can put the logical and sequential aspect into every situation. Um, and doing what I do for a living, it's also that I can explain the digital bullshit bingo expressions to kind of the normal people <laughs> so that everybody understands what's going on there. <laughs> right. I love how you coined that. <laughs> You know, also um, work-life integration and purpose. This is something that's, you know, right now, I think has been spotlighted. You know, individuals want to work and have an impact. They want their life to have purpose. And, you know, how important is work-life integration and purpose to you as an individual? Actually, it's very important to me. Um, I've been through some phases where the self-care aspect didn't really um, align with me, let's say it like that, where I didn't really take care of my self-care yes. or self-worth also. And that comes all together, kind of. But since I became self-employed, that has changed and I take a lot more care of myself um so coming back to that self-care takes a big key factor in my life right now um so <laughs> i don't like to talk of the work-life integration i like to call it life work balance um turn it around I'll, i try to fill my days with things i like and that is fun for me um 
work-life integration does really have, play an important role in my life. Um, I, there were times in my life where I didn't really care so much about it and where self-care wasn't really a big uh, thing for myself. Um, but since I became self-employed and felt kind of the freedom that brings me, um, self-care actually takes a big key factor in my life because I also see the, the positive income, uh, positive influence it has on my life um how i became more relaxed how my my mental well-being has changed to the better and so i uh, kind of like to turn that around and not talk about work-life balance but of a life work balance so i try to fill my days with things that i like and that are fun kind of the marie kondo approach does it spark joy um and then again, I like spending my time doing for a living what I do. So that also kind of, I don't see it as work most of the time. Um, if it does not overall make fun, I just quit or I end the project. And um, I know that is not something for everybody, especially if you work in a corporate uh, environment, this might not be a way to go. Um, I for myself feel very blessed and lucky how everything laid out for me and that I was able to build such a life for me. And I can only say being self-employed now for nearly three years that um, for my mental well-being and my physical well-being, this has probably been the best time of my life. That is wonderful to hear. And, um, you know, what advice do you have for young people coming up, you know, who are looking to head into cooperate, who are looking to go into entrepreneurship? I'd say stop with listening to every advice, how you have to behave in a corporate environment. Um, the corporate world tells you a lot of stuff how you should be and how you should behave so that you fit into a box um, but I like the saying be yourself everyone else is already taken so you as a person the person you are can bring something so extraordinary to the table and you should use that and you should nurture that and if a company doesn't want to take advantage of it actually it's their loss Coming back to the information thing I said earlier, it's all kind of revolving about around that. And um, catching up what I said earlier, the Marie Kondo approach, uh, companies who don't acknowledge that are no fun to work in anyway. So find out for yourself, it's really worth it. That's cool. And um, let's move into the rapid fire insights. You know, we all have to set our tone for the day. So what do you do, Saskia, to put a pep in your step, a pride in your stride, to set the tone for your day? Um, <laughs> coffee and journaling. Um, no coffee, no life. Um, I'm actually a really bad person before the first coffee, I was told. Um, <laughs> um, so, so coffee is mandatory. Um, that has to happen. Um, and then I like to sit down and journal, like, how is my mood today? How am I feeling? What is the goal I'm working on today? Um, what am I grateful for? Um, also coming back to the topic of self-care, 
that has really helped me structure my day and look for what I want to achieve that day. Um, if I don't do that, I kind of whirl through the day, but not really with real ambition. So that has really helped me. All right. Achieving but my goals. That's awesome. And we all know that music changes our physiology. So what song do you play that really helps you and puts you in a good mindset? I am a musical theater nerd, like literally nerding about mm -hmm. that. So I yeah. have a playlist um, that I play on repeat with a lot of motivational um, musical songs. Yes. Um, that it doesn't really matter what kind of music I play on that playlist or what song exactly I play on that playlist, um, mm -hmm. but just listening to that music and having the the sound of it and the the lyrics of it um, that kind of brings me on every time. Um, and lately, I found another song that does quite a good job on that um, because I watched the documentary on Michelle Obama's book Tour of Becoming. Yeah. And she has a song in that called A God Like You by Kirk Franklin. And the energy of it and what he says in that song, that's also kind of a feel-good music for me right now. That's awesome. And with regards to any book recommendation, what would you recommend to our listeners? What kind of got me into the whole new work and future of work movement was the book Reinventing Organizations by Frederick Leloux, um, where he kind of goes for the approach to say, do we really need leaders anymore? And he shows in that book how we can evolve on that and see another way of leadership and find another role for leaders. And that is a perfect book to get into the whole stuff on future of work and get really good ideas on that. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Saskia, how do you see your work impacting the next generation and your community? I really and strongly believe that the digitalization opens up a window where people can concentrate on what they are best in, what they really, really want to, and where we see machines as this thing that can support us there. And um, as a result of that, I also believe that the digitalization can make our societies more equal, more democratic. And so I hope that I can influence people to take their chance to live their lives and not a textbook life that they do not just live for the work, but for their passion. And I also hope to influence leaders to build or to rebuild their companies so that the people, the talents can kind of live there, that they don't go to work, but that they can include their work into their lives, how that fits them. And um, yeah, in the end, summing all that up, I really believe that with that, we can make the world a better place. I love it. All about making the world a better place. Um, Saskia, yes. you know, you've provided a lot of great information for our listeners. I really appreciate you coming on to the show. You know, we've talked about your pivots, you know, from sales to um, 
to working in business informatics and the work that you're doing now, um, the cutting edge work that you're doing now as it relates to you know, digitization, digitalization and digital transformation and looking at leadership you know, mindset and integrating that you know, into empowering um, individuals, right, the team. If there is one last key takeaway, one last thing you want our listeners to know about, what would that be? I would say just get into whatever you're doing or whatever you want to do. Even if you're scared, it gets easier over time. And when you're there, it's fun. And um, fun is always good. So I personally think it's totally worth the journey you take. Uh, it can make your world bigger, actually. And it got me to meet so many amazing people that, that I would have never met otherwise. And that's so much enriched my life today. And because it showed me that anything else, what I as a human being am able to do. So take that road, go the distance and find a good place for you. Love it. Get into it, even if you're scared. Saskia, how can our listeners continue the conversation with you? Yeah, well, as most of my social media outlets are in German, I would totally uh, invite you to contact me on LinkedIn. Um, my name's Saskia Listler. It's written S-A-S-K-I-A and the last name's L-I-S-T-L-E. Get to me, write me, and I'll be happy to connect with you there. Awesome. I'm going to drop that right into the show notes, Saskia. And you, my listeners, definitely take advantage of this invitation to connect with Saskia. Thank you so much for coming on this episode today. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. And I know that we could go on and on. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can't help but notice the birds in the background. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I like to make uh, my life more fun is working outside. So, um, yeah, I, I totally make use of that when the weather's good. So um, you, quote unquote, have to live <laughs> with the birds in the background. <laughs> Fabulous. Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Listeners, I'm preparing this fantastic community for you, a community where we can gather, collide, share our ideas, and support each other. I have a lot of plans for you. You are simply going to enjoy the Live with Irenia community. It's coming soon. I will be sharing more in future episodes. Hang on to your seats because we are going to have so much fun. Listeners, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this episode because I sure enjoyed this conversation. If you did, please share it with a friend. 
Also, head on over to Instagram and Twitter. Show me some love. The handle is at Live with Irenia. Send a comment, tweet, message me. Let me know how this episode impacted you. And if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, head on over to Apple and subscribe. Until next time, find your new vibe.